Welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. I am here with Jordan, our studied and credentialed critic. That's me, and I'm here with CJ, our resident nerd. And we are celebrating our best intro ever. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I, it's fine. We got I wanted it. to we keep locked, it going, no, but locked, I, had, I just didn't We know. locked it in. We did. Well, we it was long it enough, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Absolutely. This is an off-the-shelf episode technically, but but this technically mo- yeah. also this movie is on, isn't on the shelf yet. I think it's still That's in true. theaters. It is. It's definitely still in theaters yep. because I saw it yesterday. Oh my gosh! Um, and uh, we're yeah, talking about Little Women here. Little Women, uh, and the reason we're throwing this in an off-the-shelf episode is because we want to make sure to cover all of the major Oscar beats. Yeah. And this movie had seven nominations, something yep. like that, including Best Picture yep. and Best Writing and two Best Actresses. So. Um, yeah, that's it's 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 a bit it's a good it's a good movie it's so a big movie so we're going to talk and, about it yeah, yeah yeah so here we are all right <sighs> uh, you know the only thing missing from this episode is that we didn't invite a little woman or even any woman any woman to join us for yeah. this conversation yeah and for that I deeply apologize I will I will do my See, best to represent some of my, the some of the perspectives of my wife who is uh, very uh, who has great taste and is very insightful. Your wife needs to join us one day. On yeah, an episode. she does. We're gonna. This would have been a good episode. It, yeah. it would have been. She's busy, but you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe next time. Okay, the next time we cover this particular movie. <laughs> Um, all right, enough about that. Uh, we'll we'll sit in our own shame for that. Um, but moving on. Uh, this is also a time for announcements, and the big announcement right now that CJ talked about last week is that there is an Oscars quiz uh, live right now that you can go take, and I'm going to let CJ handle the details. <laughs> uh, yeah, you said Oscar quiz. Oscar contest. Oscar contest. I do know one thing, and that is that the prize is $100. All, really the only thing that matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go... Do the contest. Go do the contest. All you Try do, to win 100 bucks. You go to nerdcriticpodcast.com. You'll see the Nerd Critic logo. You click on that logo. Then pretty much the first thing that you see is a giant black box that says Nerd Critics 2020 Oscar Contest. Fill out the ballot. That's all you got to do. Uh, every section, uh, sorry, every category has its own little section. It'll have check boxes. It's the easiest thing to use. Give us your name and email because we want to make sure to contact you if you win the $100. Every category has uh, its own point. Uh, it's, so most of them are worth one point. But when you start to get to best actor, best actress, uh, all those, then the points start to go up. Uh, and uh, good luck to you all. It's available now. Go check it out. Done and done. I felt I felt a little infomercially. Let's. I mean, I especially just, the end. I was like, "It's available now. Go check it out." Well, I mean, but wait, there's more. There's not more. I'm just kidding. That's it. That's all. That's all there there's is. A, there's a great. There's a. There's a great. Uh, oh, there's several great send ups of infomercials and um, on Simpsons. And I just was. I, I've been watching The Simpsons recently, by the way. Which I love. Disney Plus, thank you very uh, much. Yeah, thank you very much. Honestly, that's worth the subscription for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Simpsons on tap all the time, anytime yeah. I want, all Great. the episodes. Yeah. I'll pay seven dollars a sure. month for that for the rest of my life. <laughs> um so uh I there's <laughs> I just there's this one moment um where it's like you get to that moment like how much how much would you pay for this? Blah blah. blah. It's like, and it, it, like one hundred dollars? No, that's too much. It's nineteen ninety or whatever. And and like when they get to the moment of like call now or whatever, Homer <laughs> grabs the phone and starts mashing the buttons. It's like, <laughs> and he's like, and then he and he has to like take a break, take a break, and like take a breath. He's like, okay, and starts dialing. <laughs> so like it has that much control. Yeah, he's so excited. <laughs> That he like can't he can't like dial the numbers and so he has to like take a breath and calm down. <laughs> Do you remember what they it's were selling? So good, so I don't curious. remember. I oh. wish. I have to go find the episode. I, yeah. Oh my gosh, That's it's great. like season three or something. It's in the golden years. Anyway, I love The Simpsons and I have no issue with infomercials. Obviously, they worked or they wouldn't have made so many. So I think they're still making them. They are absolutely still yeah. making them. Yeah. How else would you have? 
uh, hateful hours in front of the TV and the middle then the wee hours of the morning watching broadcasts. You gotta have infomercials. I guess. Who's still watch? I just Insomniacs. Get Netflix, Insomniacs. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't want to choose what to watch. Sometimes you want to you want it to be forced sometimes into you, your eye holes. Sometimes you want to <laughs> let what you watch choose you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an um, age we live in. Let's yeah. talk about Little Women. Let's talk about Little Women. Um, I'm really excited about this movie. I'm excited about talking about this movie because I loved it so much. It was on our, it was on my top ten list, and as you said, would have been on your top ten list if you hadn't seen it. Uh, if I had, if you seen had seen it, it earlier before, than yesterday. Yeah. yeah uh, yes. Tell me about the circumstances of you seeing this movie, CJ. Um, I was in the theater, sitting next to my wife. It was a packed theater too. I was very impressed. Um, there was a woman that used her phone multiple times in front of us. Uh, you have bad experiences with that. I do. Um, I'm grateful for my wife, though, that did lean forward and say, can, can, I actually think she said, can you turn the brightness down? Which <laughs> personally wouldn't have been my tactic, but you know, it's okay. Well, it's funny because it's a, it's a little softer than, can you say, than, than saying, can you, can you stop using your phone? Can, can, but it communicates the exact it same. It does. <laughs> it's true. So that's very it's, clever yeah, of your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah. It was, just. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we went. Uh, uh, we went on. I guess a double date of sorts. We were with our friends that came with us, uh, and uh, and yeah, it was that was that was that it was my second movie of the day. Saw Bad Boys, then saw Little Women, um, and I was ready. I was fully ready for an emotional experience, All which right. which I feel is important because if I wasn't ready, it would have wrecked me. But I was, so I felt okay <laughs> you about it. You prepared yourself. You brought tissues. Yeah, it was great. My wife and I went. Uh, together on a date night. It was lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's what do you need to know? I think I saw it like on the opening weekend. It was great. It was so much fun. Um, and it was your number uh, two. Two. It was my number two. It was two. your number two. It was my number two. Of all of 2019. Because all of the movies in 2019, there were so many. By the way, once again, we've said this multiple times, 2019 was a very good year for movies. Speaking I was looking of, at the Oscar nominations for 2018. 2019 wipes the floor with 2018. Except for the animation category. Yeah. There was yeah. no end of the Spider-Verse this That's year. True. That's true. You know true. what I mean? But that was like yeah, a bright, that. bright spot sure. on a relatively I, bleak year. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of our top 10 episode, we had somebody comment that uh, we need to publish our lists. Yes, we do so need that, to publish So that lists. they can go through them. Yes. Uh, and this, she, is actually, this is actually a pain point for our show because where should we publish the lists? That you know, that's a good point. That's so a good point. We I we we've experimented with different things. We've tried making very robust show notes that don't get exported properly into other into other uh, platforms. So that's not really it's kind of a bust. We've tried doing a blog, but and we've tried doing it as a it's newsletter, kinda, but it yeah. felt spammy. And there's just so it's a whole thing. I would love for our listeners. I would love for you who are listening to this podcast right now. Please tell us. What you would like. If, yeah. if you were like, you know what I would love? I would love for Nerd Critic to just have a blog that updates every week and just put just and, and a couple of beats yeah. of information Or in we can put some beats of information in the episode post on our website. But yeah. uh, but it seems the vast majority of people just get it through, you know, the podcast app. Yeah, and then no they, one's they, they listening to this show on, on the website. The website. So, Why would they? Yeah. I so where do you where do you want that information? Yeah, do you want if you want it to be in an email, we can do that. We yeah. have an email list. We don't use it very often because, once again, don't want to be spammy. Yeah, don't want to be those guys. But if you really want that, like, let us know. We'll yeah. we'll we'll listen. We'll yeah. do what you'd like us to do. So but, there's that. So there's that. But in the meantime, you now know what Jordan's number two was. And yes. it would have been – I was looking at it. It would have been uh, – like mid list, like like a maybe upper mid list, like a like a four. Like a, like or a, like five. a top four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah, in there. Sure. For me. All right. That's fair. I like that. What would have gotten bumped off? Uh, the whatever number ten was, which I don't remember. Oh. Because I almost put Joker, but that was number eleven, I think. Mm. Uh, so Joker, yeah. surprising number of nominations. This 11. isn't the Oscars episode. Yeah. yeah. Shh. All right. Shh. Moving on. Shh. So above the line, Greta Gerwig. For the win. For, My gosh. For the win. One more note Greta. about the Oscars. It's Greta a Gerwig shame. didn't get nominated for as best director. Which feels, what? which feels 
insulting to the movie itself. Not yeah. just her, but like the message of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like whole, Joe's whole thing about being a published writer and yeah. how difficult it is. And then you got Greta Gerwig, who is not nominated for anyway. Yeah, what? It's a whole thing. What happened? Come on, guys. We're going to talk a lot about that on the Oscars episode because we're going we're gonna to deconstruct the nominations lists and figure out who should have gotten nominated and who shouldn't have. Mm, that's good. I All like right. that. I like yeah. that. And obviously, our our opinions will be final and binding. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, it was based on the book. Duh. But Greta Gerwig adapted it. Um, took lots of liberties. So it's not like a, like a you know, to the word faithful adaptation. But then again, and what it, book adaptation is. N- nor And the, the, the book, as far as I remember, because I did read most of this book in school. I did um, not. You're not, not going to get a whole lot of that from me. But this one, I did. Amazingly. Um, But from what I remember, it's fairly linear. Yeah, absolutely. The movie... And previous adaptations have been fairly linear. Totally. Uh, But that is not what Greta Gerwig did. After watching this movie, I can't imagine... I can't imagine it being done better linearly. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I agree. This is the way... It seems like this is the way it should have been made. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, (laughs) We've got... Uh, I want. I think it's Sorsha, Sorsha Sir- Ronan. I, I've heard Sirsha. Sirsha. We'll say Sirsha. Okay. Sirsha Ronan uh, playing Joe March. Nominated. Uh, we've got uh, Emma Watson playing Meg March. We've got Florence Pugh playing Amy March. Nominated. We've got, yes. We've got Elsa Scanlon playing Beth March. We've got Laura Dern back again in, like, I think every movie. Nominated. Nominated for The Marriage Story. Marriage Not Story. This Not one. this one. But, but she might sure. as well have been. In yeah. fact, I... It's bizarre to me that she wasn't. Well, I guess she wasn't nominated for this one because they gave it to Florence Pugh. But uh, I liked liked her performance in this more than I liked uh, her performance in Marriage Story. Anyway, (laughs) um, Timothy Chalamet. uh, Chalamet. I could not figure out how to say it for the life of me. As uh, as Laurie, Theodore Laurie Lawrence. Um, Tracy Letts, um, a.k.a. Henry Ford II as Mr. Dashwood. (laughs) And Bob Odenkirk. As Father March, um, James Norton uh, plays John Brooke, who, uh, well, no spoilers. And, uh, yeah, so Louis Garmel, or Louis Garrel, 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 whatever, uh, the charming Frenchman. Chris Cooper, Mr. Lawrence, mm. Meryl Streep is Aunt March. Okay, mm. there's the cast. We love the cast. What a great cast. What a great cast. Don't think you could have done better. Um, fantastic. Meryl Streep, man. Um, and, oh, man, Chris Cooper. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't think we need to spend very much time on the spoiler-free section because I think we've already said everything <laughs> that I would have said in the spoiler-free section, which is that I really love this movie and Greta Gerwig is an amazing writer-director and the cast is fantastic. So what are you doing still waiting to I, see this movie if I, you haven't seen it yet? I would, I would say there's a lot of movies out there that we, that we recommend uh, that are for a specific audience, right? That we're like, this is a good movie. Go see it. Assuming and trusting that you're going to do a little bit of research and understand what kind of yeah. movie it is before you go see it. Just know if it's your cup of tea or not. I don't care who you are. Yep. Go see this movie. Yep. You're, you're going to really enjoy it. I went with this movie. The guy that the guy of the double date uh, uh, couple that I went with uh, is very much, I would consider him a bro. Uh, and I told him, I don't know if you're going to like this movie, but it's nominated for Best Picture, so you know that it's going to be good if you can handle a period piece. He decided to come, and he loved it. So, uh, bro or not, <laughs> you will enjoy this movie. You know, we said the same thing about 1917, uh, and it's lovely to me that those two movies are nominated for Best Picture because yeah. they are so imminently accessible. Yes. Um, fantastic. Very, fantastic. In very different ways. Yes. <laughs> but so totally different. Yeah. But, like, also I'd recommend them to anybody. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So time to spoil it uh, from here on out. If you haven't seen it uh, and you are wary of spoilers, please stop listening and come back later when you've had a chance to see it. All right. To commence. First of all, Florence Pugh is my new actor's crush. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, she was in two of my top ten movies of 2019. Uh, it was a great year for her. She had, in this movie, some of the more challenging work to do to craft two very different versions of the same person. From the precocious tween to a full-grown woman who was deciding who to marry, she just... Uh, 
just killed it in this movie. She was so good. She and she is the she is the anchor to the comedy and at minimum a sub anchor to the emotion. Yeah. yeah. She she played a vital role. I'm very happy that she got nominated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really was it was astonishing to see such immense change in the two versions of her character. Um, we're only separated in these timelines by seven years. And the fact that we get, we get, uh, the, and, and the, the, the fact that it's seven years is the biggest deal for her because, because she goes from being 13, a little girl 13 to, to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very, very significant age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the scenes, I found some um, some of the scenes that I found to be the most emotionally compelling and, and gripping were the ones where she was uh, – where 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 her relationship with Lori was being revealed near the end yeah. where she it was where she was confessing that she'd loved him her whole life and that she and 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 getting upset with him for doing what he was doing and yeah. all the all those all those beats were so good and i i think her it, it's the the subtleties of her performance were were astonishing considering how much ground she had to cover with her character in this film. I, I'm I'm very uh, intrigued in and wondering where her career is going. Cause she because she had an amazing year. Oh right? my she gosh. was in midsummer, she was in Fighting with My Family. So in Fighting with My Family, she's a a, a pale, kind of goth looking emo girl uh, with black hair and dark makeup, and she's very pale. And then in this movie, she's blonde, she's tan, she's beautiful. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, she's playing Black Widow's sister. Black Widow's sister <laughs> next year, uh, which yeah, it's just it, the range from. I mean, from fighting with my family to Little Women, there's like that's significant. And <laughs> yeah. then you jump to a Marvel movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just time, time to be a comic book action hero. I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited uh, yep. about what where her career is. Yeah, going. her her career is an exciting one to watch right now. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I. Uh, well, what what did you love? I, I I started out with a nerd out about Florence Pugh. You joined me. Where, uh, would, you, where would you go next? I don't have sister. So I have I have a half sister, but I did not grow up in the home with her. And so to get a little a little window into a group of sisters, I thought that their interactions, you know, in in the earlier times when they were all living together, were so charming and so much fun and so cute and so I'll say it delightful. <laughs> I just really I wanted to spend more time with them. Uh, and then, uh, cause Mar- you don't see Marmy for a while. Yeah. And then when she shows up, I had no idea she was, it was Laura Dern. I had not heard that she was in it. So when she shows up and I'm like, oh, she's the addition. I'm so happy about this. It just, uh, that for, for me, anytime that we were with the family, which then makes the rest of the movie like a lot more effective because all, the only thing that Beth wants is for the family to be together in that house. And I'm like, totally Beth I get it I totally understand because it's so warm and fuzzy when you're all together just messing with each other yeah I really liked it it was that was really awesome my my wife actually has four sisters she's from a family of five children and all of them are daughters and um I I have to say based on the interactions I've I've seen between them uh Spot on. It's not. Yeah, certainly not far off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I grew up as an only child. Yeah. Um, and I have four half siblings, but I didn't grow up with them in the home either. And so um, my uh, understanding of what siblings are is all has always been external observations. Sure. And uh, and and the the idea of a house full of girls um, is so Terrifies totally you. alien to me. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't have any any yeah. way to connect to it. I'm just yeah. like it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. And and so you know if I didn't if I wasn't married to my wife and hadn't seen you know and, and, and experienced their their sort of relationship and the way that they uh, the way they interact with each other when they're in the same space the the just the the way that they sort of become the same sort of organism <laughs> yeah. um, but with but but very <clears throat> but very different from each other too very very starkly different personalities it's just so interesting and I, I feel like. That this film, um, Gerwig's direction and, and the performances of these four actresses really sold that. They they were totally separate individuals, very very 
very different characters, but also so clearly part of the same yeah. tight-knit family who all shared such deep similarities in in the way that they uh, related to the world in general outside of that unit. And it was just, it was, it was really, really great. I mean, really they're, great. they're like the, the writing was, was quick and witty and charming. And the way that it was delivered was all just the jokes were laid in there really quick. And uh, like, especially like the moment I probably found the most joy when I was with them, the most like, giggly joy was when they were all being like men in a courtroom or something. <laughs> uh, and she yeah. proposes that Lori join Lori uh, joins and like that whole, that whole sequence and them doing their British accents, which is funny because ma- I think the majority of them are actually British. Well, source is Irish, I think. Oh, that's right. That's or, right. She's Irish. Yeah. Uh, and then, but isn't, uh, isn't Florence Pugh <clears throat> English? I have no idea. Oh, I should know. I assume I, I assume so from finding she my family. Is. Yeah, she, she probably is. Florence. Yeah, she's. Pretty yeah, she's. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, it just was. It was. It was a lot of fun to like to be there. And one of the reasons I was so excited when Greta was uh, was nominated for writing was because of that that wittiness, oh, that yeah. quickness. Man, um, she just kills. She kills the dialogue in this movie. It's she does. so good. And then the direction as well, which just sucks. Yeah. That anyway, yeah. it's fine. Um, it's I not really fine. It's speaking of fine. her and the way she constructed this script and the way she directed it. Um, the, I love the way she handled the two timelines. Like I was never disoriented, even though the stories were only seven years apart, which means that the characters don't physically change much. You're not like applying a bunch of age makeup or whatever. Like that she had, especially when it wasn't like nowadays when a 13 year old probably doesn't wear a lot and a 20 year old does wear a lot of makeup or something. That, yeah, yeah. Or it's, it's yeah, not there, like there that. Were, yeah, back there weren't then. like obvious tells exactly to how old their characters were. You just had to kind of pick up context clues. Um, uh, you made a great note um, about the way that color and yeah. lighting was used to, to distinguish the two, uh, timelines and that yeah it was brilliant also just the way the story was constructed that each scene thematically made sense to follow the last and not only not only in terms of the content of the scene but in terms of where it was in the timeline like following a wedding with a funeral or following yeah. you know like just I mean that I, stuff just yeah. worked so well like essentially what she did is if if the story is is linear and you draw a straight line and you have these beats on each side. She identified where to fold it in half. Yeah. So that it kind of the beginning and the end lay on top of each other. And you have Beth getting sick is on top of each other. And a wedding and a funeral are on top of each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it, it's beautiful. Oh, like it's, 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 it's really, it's really incredible where, how, how she did that. Um, I thought a lot about that after the movie. It is was an over. exquisite commentary on memory and time. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, which is a theme we've returned to several times in this show because it's a theme that a lot of, um, uh, filmmakers, uh, return to naturally because film is the time traveling medium. It is the, it is the, it is the, it is the artistic medium that, that is, uh, that is temporally and uh, spatially agnostic. Like you can go wherever you want, yeah. whenever you want, um, and you can reconstruct timelines however you want. And she does it with such, such exquisite sophistication. Sophistication. Yeah. She is so good. Yeah. Um, and it's so, and it really it makes. I would say it makes every moment so so much more substantial and emotionally meaningful. Um, that the the impact of this movie, I just can't imagine that it would have been more impactful if it had been told told to, totally linearly. I yeah, just so, can't imagine that it would have been. So I had the uh, the experience um, kind of duplicated where I saw I recently went to a local play of Little Women uh, just a couple months back, like just a little bit before Christmas. So and, you've read the book, um, you've seen a play yeah, adaptation. Yeah, you are way more um, familiar with this material <laughs> than I am. Uh, yeah, so I uh, – and, and the, the play is done linearly, and there are absolutely spots where it drags, mm-hmm. and, and you're waiting for something significant to happen, and, and they, you know, they, it's, it's, a great, it's a great book, and it's a great story, so things do happen, but it was much more captivating, told the way that Greta Gerwig did yeah. tell it. Um, okay, I want, to, I want to talk about the three relationships – Okay. Three distinct relationships that I loved. I'll start with my favorite. 
and that is uh, the ever heartbreaking but so wonderful Meg and John. Oh my goodness! Yes, probably my the, like the the so you have the whole you have the absolutely heartbreaking scene of Meg telling her husband. I bought this. The, I bought a dress, and I feel so far so bad. It was fifty dollars. I know it's a really big deal. You're not going to be able to buy a coat. And he's like, "It's okay. You deserve a dress." And then she's like, "It's not actually a dress. It's just the fabric." And it's, and then she's like, "I just have such a hard time that I have to go without." And then he walks away, going to bed, and says, "I'm sorry that you don't have the things that you want, and that you have a husband that can't provide them." Yeah. Oh, 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 just yeah. the guilt and the heart oh, yeah. of, of just, I mean, it was so heavy, but then you have the up my, moment. My organs were torn out of my body in that moment. I but, was like, I want to die. But then you come back <laughs> yep. and he's like, I want you to get the dress made. I love you and you deserve the dress. And she goes, oh, and I'm getting all misty thinking about it. I sold the fabric so you can get your coat. It is the most pure, loving relationship that I might have ever have seen on film. It just is so beautiful, and I just fell in love with them. And John is my hashtag relationship goals. <laughs> I am so – I just – I loved it. You just want to not be penniless and starving. Yeah, I just – but I want to just be so pure like yeah, him. Yeah. He just yeah. was so, so in Totally love. guileless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's like the gift of the Magi if everything worked out instead. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. The second relationship Mm -hmm. uh, is uh, what uh, – it was Chris Cooper. So Mr. Lawrence, Mm -hmm. the the uncle, the scary man at first. Yes. His relationship with Beth. Yeah. uh, Again, it goes the other way. It's so heartwarming and beautiful and he – uh, hears her play the piano and it reminds him of his daughter and then he gives the piano to Beth. Oh, and it's so beautiful and he's so loving. And then you flip it uh, to be so heartbreaking in the, probably the moment I cried the most was him telling Joe, I can't go inside because it doesn't feel right without her there. Oh man, and it just the development between the two of them with this gr- like grandfather figure and daughter, it was so so well told. And like they're not even the main characters; these are just side people that Greta Gerwig has somehow gotten you to just fall so in love with. Uh, yeah, just that 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 relationship. And then the last one uh, that you made a note on, I saw, is the relationship between um, Joe. Joe and the mother, Marmy. Marmy said it earlier. Uh, Marmy and Joe, their relationship, uh, and especially the the significant character development that comes along with Marmy admitting one thing, and that being, "I'm angry almost every day." That one line. Uh, mixed with the actions of Marmy tells us everything that we need to know. Yeah. And it sets up where Joe is going to end up being. And it's beautiful and it's masterful. And you get an Oscar in my mind, Greta. <laughs> it is a uh, perfect spare contrapuntalism. So to see, to see, uh, to see Marmy being this generous, patient, loving, patient <laughs> um, person, especially in the midst of the chaos that is for yeah. daughters who are, you know, lo- who love each other, but are at each other's throats all the time. Um, and, and without a husband in like to help with anything and like having to do everything herself, not having enough money to, to see all of that. And then have her say convincingly, I'm angry every day of my life. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. That's every. That's everything you need to to, to fully establish her character. Um, so that every every action she's that you've seen her taken, and then every action you see her take after is contextualized in this incredibly um, uh, meaningful and complicated way. And it's 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 really really stunning. Um, 
and uh, and it's a perfect it's a perfect way to establish the closeness between her and her daughter as well, and to and to show that you know um, what what they're both getting out of that relationship, um, and and how it affects and forms each of them, especially Joe, um, and where she kind of is able to inherit her fierce independence um, from her mother. Yeah. And it's, it's just, oh, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, and I, so w- the reason that I brought up these, uh, these relationships is because I wanted to highlight and nerd out specifically about the, how this movie uh, is, this is such a difficult story uh, to get across, so it's so, the reason this is such a difficult story to tell via film, and the reason that the adaptations have been generally poor around this is because you, uh, it's an ensemble movie, right? Yes, Joe is the main character. Uh, but it's 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 a very, very close second, third, fourth, and fifth in each one of these characters that are supporting and it's and and this movie does um as good as a as a as job as any other any avengers movie <laughs> in spending the proper amount of time with each character so that we get to know them we get to know their wants and their needs so that and we and and you're seeing where they start to where they end with their character development where they start to where they end and you're you're putting pieces together on both sides going forward and backward until you meet in the middle and you understand the the actions that they took and 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 just how difficult that is to pull off with one character or two characters let alone what seven that we get to know really really well uh like john and meg don't have a ton of screen time but somehow because of how they're written and the pieces that we get to see you're able to fall in love with them and i just I, I wanted to put an exclamation point on the 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 very intentional time spent with very specific characters for very specific reasons. Yeah. So well thought out and so well done that it's effective every single scene. Absolutely. Amen, brother. Amen. A <laughs> um, couple other scenes I just wanted to highlight that I loved a lot. Uh, I loved the giving of the Christmas breakfast to the needy family. Oh, oh. My heavens. My heart. I just... Wow, I think I think that's probably the scene I cried most in. It was pretty early on, but, but I was then like, they "Come back, yeah, to I their know. own house." And there's a an, an even, even larger feast, feast <laughs> from uh, who? Mr. Lawrence, of course, which so. is how they get introduced to all that. And anyway, just absolutely, just so. Uh, anyway, just just so lovely. Um, I so okay. Special mention. The one of the things I loved about this movie so much was um, the Joe March's journey as a creative person, as an artist, yeah. as a writer. Um, and the most significant, well, the two most significant parts of that journey were, and I, to me, they kind of like are the A and B of like the the sort of the anchor points in that journey. A, her getting uh, honest negative feedback. From Ooh, powerful scene. our our really charming powerful Frenchman, scene. yeah, um, which was such a glorious scene because it was like funny and heartbreaking and like and he just perfectly, perfectly contradicted every single thing she was saying, yeah. but she could not even hear it. Yeah. You know, him saying her saying, "Well, I'm sorry, I'm not Shakespeare," and he says, "Thank goodness, yeah, we already <laughs> have him. Yeah, we already <laughs> have one of him." And it was just like so so great, and he. he I'm just like totally nonplussed saying, well, no, I think you're incredibly talented, which is why I'm telling you this. And, and, he's like, and her just saying, I don't like you very yeah, much. And just and storming he's just out. so confused. Yeah. Like, yeah. Confused. And also like, like absolutely unflappable. Like yeah. he's just like, not going to be, you <laughs> yeah. know, like all of her attacks are just like sort of fizzling out on him. Yeah. Just fantastic. Anyway. So that whole scene was just incredibly delightful and, and absolutely like could feel so much like her being in that moment, being like, I, you know, it's so painful to hear someone who you respect at all tell you that your stuff isn't good. Like, that's so painful. And so to see, like, her reaction to that moment was just, it was so honest and so perfect. Anyway, and then later, 
because of that, having given up writing and then sitting with her dying sister on the beach mm-hmm. and having Beth basically beg her to write something for her. Um, and I'm incredibly sick, so you have to do what I say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and then having that be the catalyst that essentially generates her great work, which is her autobiographical story. And it is, um, it's just really beautiful. It's a really beautiful sequence. Uh, it's a really beautiful plot, like plot through line. It's very much a central reason why this movie was made. It's also obviously very close to heart for Greta Gerwig herself. Um, Being someone who has, I'm sure, been through many iterations of the artist's journey and learning how to make compromises, it becomes an incredibly effective vehicle for the theme of what like the, the process of maturation, right? Like you, what you give up when you leave childhood versus what you get when you, when you enter adulthood and like what that really means and how that process really works. And it's just so beautiful. And I, and I, and I love the way that that is expressed kind of, um, um, very strongly through that that um, the artist journey uh, storyline for Joe Marsh. It's really great. Yeah, I uh, it, one of my favorite moments uh, being at the end when she you, you see Joe Marsh in all of her matured glory uh, as she's negotiating with. Mm-hmm. Henry Ford. Uh, <laughs> Intimidating. Intimidating yeah, right? negotiator. Uh, as she's negotiating with him and like learning as she goes, yeah. uh, but but playing it really well and really close to the chest. But like yeah. uh and and the ability to like, no, I, I don't want I don't want her to get married. She says vehemently that neither are going that she's not gonna marry, and so she's not gonna marry either one of the men. Yeah, uh, and they go back and forth, and she's like, you know what? Fine, all right, they can be married. And like, it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like a big painful moment. It's just like, no, like I get it, I understand it. Yeah. It, it needs to sell that way. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, uh, and then even him, even the the publisher, like naming the chapter. And yeah, he, and she's like, oh yeah, no, that's pretty good. And you see that, like, in contrast to the. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> kind of scene in uh, that that arc. It was it was uh, beautifully illustrated. Yeah, no, that's great. That that's great. Um, I, uh, I I in an interview I listened to uh, Gerwig talk about how shocked she was by how similar the struggles of of these characters were to the struggles female artists and all artists still face today, um, making those compromises between what sells and what feels honest. Or the struggle to be evaluated upon based upon one's work instead of one's gender, um, and uh, yeah, once again, you you made the note in my notes about how ironic it is that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated as best for best directing. Yeah, which which like it's hard to say because because the uh, and I guess this is a preview for the Oscar shows. Like the the Academy does have a lot of people in it. It yeah, is majority yeah. majority men. So this isn't necessarily rampant sexism. Totally, but, but it is. It, the, 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 there's something there, and it, especially to, because the subject matter of this movie is entirely centered around women. And it's directed by a woman. It does ma- it does leave this big kind of question in your mind, uh, and and it's not like like the you know what Joe March is coming up against with this publisher is not he's not crazy he's not mean he's not sexist he's just trying to sell something, uh, and and that that's potentially what we come up against. the pr- The problem is that if we're focused too much on that. Uh, then we start to silence the minority voices, and that's and that's the problem. Um, but her ability to compromise and still get well, because and I actually really enjoyed how he did not, the publisher did not think that it was worth printing. Uh, and then he's at dinner or whatever, and his yeah, three yeah. daughters run in and it's are a, like, "I like want to know what happens." It's a twist of fate. Yeah, and it's and, 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 manuscript. and it takes somebody of a different perspective to convince him that that's a perspective worth selling. Yes, uh, and uh, which which 
yeah, I could go, I could, I could go on and on about like potentially Black Panther is the, is that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that this is a movie that's showing a perspective, and it made so much money that now we know it's a perspective, uh, a perspective we're sharing. Yeah, but it took a, a, a major risk. It's a commercially viable perspective. Yes, but it took a major risk for, in order for us to understand that. Yeah, uh, and though, and the the idea is that those risks are worth taking. Yes, uh, and and it sucks that Joe Marsh Marsh. March, March, uh, March, March had to had to get to that point. Had to have that twist of fate in order to be where she was. Even though her work didn't necessarily change, it just the the circumstance around the decision maker changed. Anyway, it's all very uh, very nuanced, very interesting to to kind of dissect. Um, but I am glad that Greta Gerwig did get nominated for writing at the very least. At the very least, and she has a movie. You know, and she has a movie. She, a, ha- she a, has a, an, an, a best picture nominated movie. So yeah, you know yeah. what? That'll do. <laughs> It'll. It's you know. It's not everything, but it's it's it's, it's, it's definitely good, it's, it's definitely something. It's a yeah. good amount. Yeah. Yeah. She's not sad right now. Probably. Well, All right. Hopefully, she's not sad. So I want to talk about. Uh, uh, I want to talk about Lori. Okay. For a second, because I saw I saw your note. I, I read your. I notes. was going to skip it. Were you? I, well, yeah. So this is one of my. So partly because I I, I haven't. Okay, so when we were leaving the theater, my wife turned to me and said, you know, I really loved pretty much everything about that movie, um, and I really loved all the casting choices, but I'm not sure Timothy Chalamet was the right choice because he's too edgy. Mm. Um, so so that, he, he, that he brings a certain darkness to the role that, uh, that my wife said she's not sure was necessarily intended. Um, and I can't, I don't, I don't really disagree with her. And for me, what that meant, how that translated sort of, uh, you know, instinctively, or as I was watching the movie, my reaction, my gut reaction to it was that I, I just ended up not trusting him like ever. Yeah. Um, and which I think wasn't necessarily the right thing. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that that actually strengthened what the story was trying to do. I think that it may have been. Because 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 what that does is it kind of undermines the tension of Joe March refusing to marry him. Mm. Because her refusal to marry him should come from a place of uh, this is perfect. I just don't want to be married. Rather than I'm not sure about you, mm, sure. you know. Yeah. And so I and so I think that for me that was like I think that validates my wife's perspective. Uh, more than more than anything else, because I think that that's that's the way that the story was operating with me, Got and it. Um, it also made it harder to uh, embrace the uh, the moment when he starts kind of going after uh, Amy, Amy, because 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 then you're suddenly afraid for Amy, and you you think maybe you're in a Pride and Prejudice situation, mm, <laughs> you know, sure. yeah, where yeah. this where this man who is untrustworthy goes after the youngest sister, and you're yeah. like, oh no, yeah. Um, and so I think that's the I think I think that's maybe one of the only if 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 I could even call it a flaw. But you you had some thoughts. So yeah. Well. well, when when you give it uh, if you give if you give that argument a little bit of context, uh, I see where you're coming uh, or where your wife is coming from. It I. I, I, I still think that I disagree, though, because I when I was leaving this movie, I was trying to understand uh, I was trying to understand how I felt about Lori and Joe, because uh, the, the the couple that we went with, um, uh, she didn't like Joe. And it was and I, I was like, yeah, it's, it's it was cool to see Saoirse Ronan. Uh, you know, act alongside Meryl Streep because Saoirse Ronan's been nominated a bunch of times for her age. She could be the next Meryl Streep. Like she's headed in that direction. Yeah. And uh, and the, the this this woman that I was with said that she didn't like Saoirse Ronan's acting. Uh, and I'm not her. And maybe and that's probably exactly what it was was Saoirse Ronan's acting. I am not convinced that that's the case. I think. I think. I don't know, but I think. That we weren't really supposed to like, really fully invest ourselves in either Joe or Lori. I think especially at the beginning for Joe and then at the end for Lori. Where Joe at the beginning might have been the extreme kind of the extreme feminist of like, don't give any boy any any chance. Don't open the door at all. Don't I? I am entirely independent. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. And then coming to understand and learn that 
being independent and being in love are not mutually exclusive. You can actually be both. Um, and so for the mo for most of the movie, Joe is kind of irritating for me. She's honestly kind of annoying. And I think that it's illustrated even more when Meg is at this debutante ball thing and she gets all girlied up in the pink dress and she's loving it. And then Lori comes and is like, what would Joe think? And she's, and then, and then you can see that Meg feels bad about what she's doing, even though she loves it. Yeah. And so this idea that Joe's strong will and loud words might reach farther than they should. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of don't like Joe or Lori, especially in that moment, because she looks beautiful and she's having fun and let her have the fun. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting in that pink dress and being all dolled up. Uh, and then with Lori specifically, um, I like, you're supposed to really, really enjoy You're supposed. I think you're supposed to be conflicted because when they dance for the first time and they're getting all silly. And then when he joins the, 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 the British men club and they're talking about, then he gives out to the keys and they stomp their feet and he's supposed to be silly and fun and like a best friend of this whole family. And like, of course, all the girls are going to fall in love with him because he's great. Uh, but then I think you were supposed to, there was supposed to be an illustrated, uh, he's spoiled, he's different, he has issues, he has baggage, especially when he gets drunk and yeah. Amy has to confront him. It's like, this kid's got issues, no question, uh, and he's still traumatized by Joe turning him down and he doesn't know what to do with his life because that's how he pictured his life, is married, married with Joe, now he doesn't know what to do. But I will agree that when he then sets his sights to Amy you do feel scared for Amy. You're, it doesn't, it doesn't quite. And then when, when Joe is talking to Lori and is like, are you, you know, are you actually in love with Amy? And he says, yes, you don't quite believe him. No. And then when he, the, the comedic beat of him asking, who is this guy? Who, who is this? Am I the only one who doesn't know who this guy is? Comes across like he's being protective over Joe, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. So I get that it didn't the 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 change in character where he marries Amy didn't quite land. Yeah. But I'm still not convinced that we were supposed to really like either one of them entirely. That's an interesting argument. I don't think I'm on board with it. Maybe maybe Joe at the end. I don't think but I'm on board with it. You I think, you think that I, Greta Gerwig wanted us to really, really like both those characters? I do. Hmm. I do. I really do. And I and I think that if uh, I think that if if someone didn't really like them, then it was a bit of a miss. And whose fault it was? Eh, you know. Yeah. Maybe a little of both. Maybe maybe. Uh, but for me, I, I really did like both of their characters. I wanted to like Lori. I wanted to not be afraid of Lori. Uh, so that was, but I already expressed that. For Joe, I think that there, for me, there was this really critical component of her character was the time period. Um, and one of the things I loved so much about the story as as told in this adaptation is the emphasis on marriage, the emphasis on um, Amy and Joe specifically, because we've got Beth who marries for love. Uh, I'm sorry, Meg. Meg, Meg yeah. who marries for love. Beth who dies and can't marry um, because she she dies first. Uh, and we've got um, Joe who refuses to get married, and then Amy her. Her big sort of painful, sacrificial, compromising maturation is I have to go get married to a rich man. Yeah. Otherwise, my family is doomed. And that that like, as told by the ant, as, as told by yeah. the ant, as and as is evidenced by just the time, the era they're living. I mean, you know, she's not it's not just the ant like going off. It's like, no, she's just stating their reality. Yeah. And Joe, knowing that it's that that reality is true unless she can succeed for herself, unless she can succeed as an, as an artist, as a writer. And she, and, and that's one that's part of the, the frenzy that drives her is knowing that she is going to have to settle for a life that she doesn't want passionately, uh, and give up the thing that she is passionate about, um, unless she can, double down on the thing she's passionate about and make it work instead of marrying a rich guy. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think that, um, 
I think that because of because of the time, because of the period in which they were living, because we li- we live in a com- comparably incredibly liberated time for everyone and and especially women compared to the past. So right now, like now, women can and should do anything they want. Like there's not like any there there are so many fewer societal barriers to being successful as a woman in in like almost any career. And so like and so it, and so for us it's strange to think oh well, like what's keeping you from getting married? But like if you're marrying a an aristocrat in sure. that time period yeah. like well, then, and she because she, she illustrates it by or no it's Amy. Amy illustrates it by uh, you know, any if, if I become an artist, any anything that I make, any money that I make, any kids that I have, they're his. Yeah. They're his property. Yeah. It all goes to him. Yeah. So it's a, it's it's a star- one, it it's does a seem stark, one or the other. It's a stark and challenging reality. And I think in the face of that reality, Joe March's character is is perfectly sympathetic to me. But do you not find that Joe Joe's uh, like? Sh- She's she's really abrasive, right? She's telling she's telling Meg, like, don't get married, run away and be an actress Man, with me. I, I, Even though Meg is obviously in love. I I I man, I don't know, man. I I I hadn't I never had an issue with her character. Mm. I I thought I thought she was passionate and zealous and like and charming and very just her her personal integrity of earnestness was just so it was so appealing to me. I thought she was wonderful. I, I I didn't I didn't really the the moments that she was abrasive felt to me just like they were just they were just earnestness. She just was so passionate. She loved passionately. She never did anything. She never does in the in the story. She never does anything like lukewarm, which is great. Which yeah, which is fantastic. And I and I really I also enjoyed the character. I and like the the arc that that character goes on is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And like, um, and and is genuinely one of the, one of the the best characters in storytelling that I've seen in a long time. Uh, and the journey makes sense, and I re- I really enjoy it. Uh, but I I. Th- I thought while I was watching it, I thought especially after the uh, the charming Frenchman. He was French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The charming Frenchman uh, g- giving her feedback and she blows up. It, that that was the moment that I was convinced. Like, okay, she's she's got issues, um, and and there there's she's she has to she has to learn to tone to just tone it back a little. Uh, and it's the lack of maturity that made the abrasiveness. Then, then once yeah, yeah. she, once the maturity landed, she toned, t- toned it back a little bit. And then I fell more in love with her. Well, I'm, so I guess, so I guess my problem with what you're saying is because I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Like her, obviously her abrasiveness was a function of her immaturity. What I, what I'm, what I'm maybe uh, hanging on a little bit here, um, is that you, is that your, your sympathy for her character seems contingent on her completing her arc, which I don't feel like it's fair. Like you're supposed, like you you don't have to wait until a, a character is done maturing before you like them. Like I loved her, even though the same way you love anybody who who you can see all their strengths, even though their messy weaknesses are getting in the way too. Sure. You know? I mean, she's yeah, absolutely. Her abrasiveness um, in that moment, she, you know, she 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 displays an incredible need to learn how to take constructive feedback, and and but. But her character still is is charming, even in her in her in her in her uh, naivete. And then also when she's telling her sister that she shouldn't get married and she should run away and be an actress, like to me is like, yeah, it's more evidence that you know when you're in that when you're when you're less mature, the thing that you're passionate about, you just assume other people should be passionate about it too. So you yeah. want you want them to be on your same totally. team. Man, that, been that makes her so likable to yeah. me even though you know that this is a big character flaw and she needs to grow out of it and then she does and and of course she becomes even more lovable. But I, I don't know. I, I think that your your original argument is that she seems not super likable and that she's not supposed to be super likable. And I, I, I think I just, frank, I just think I disagree. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I, and it's not, it's not that I can't like her until she's matured. It, I think the reason it was hard for me to fully in, invest in her before she was fully matured was because of the pain that she was causing the characters that I love so much sure. around her. And so I was naturally, because I was so, I was so into John and Meg, man. Yeah. And then for her to not trust John, I'm like, 
Boo. Boo you. John's great. He just he's just trying in life. All he wants to do is provide. Um but then but it's in in it's the it's the fact that she had such an effect and that she was so that she was so uh, loud about it, so it affected so many people. Um, but I love, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't be in LA if I wasn't just blindly passionate about something. And so it was, it was very relatable, and I really enjoyed the journey that she went on. Uh, I, but I, I, I do, I do wonder if. Because all the other characters, and this was some, this is this is one of the the critical things I was going to bring up, uh, is that nearly all of the other characters, uh, besides Amy, Lori, and Joe, seem to be nearly perfect. Especially all the all the men, they were just saintly men. They never they they just didn't do anything wrong, um, and so you just you are you're so drawn to them, and then the and then the decisions that these main characters make they hurt which they should because then when they learn something it actually means something to you um but i don't know but i liked amy the the, the i had no issues with anything that amy did um but i did with lori lori i was just it, i was skeptical of which is which is what you hit on yeah. joe kind of rubbed me the wrong way sure. sometimes um Okay, I think we can let it lie there. Okay. I I I want to I want to uh, actually bring up and make a further note about what you said about the male characters in this movie. Um, I'm not going to comment too much about whether or not they had arcs or what that means or whatever. But I I will say the fact that none of them were villainous at all is kind of astonishing. Yeah, and it proves something really important and wonderful, um, and something that I think uh, certainly well. Who knows how intentional or conscious it was, but I think what it proves is that um, a, a story about female empowerment or identity doesn't need to be told successfully or doesn't uh, – its success doesn't rely uh, or doesn't come at the expense of yeah. male characters. Like you don't have to take away uh, independence and, and empowerment and, and – virtue yeah. from men in a story in order to give it to women. Yeah. Virtue is not a zero-sum game. So the men in a story can be perfectly virtuous while the women then inherit a bunch of virtue. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to come at the expense of the men. So that is a, uh, I think, a really powerful and sort of subtle, um, I don't know, feature of yeah, this movie quality of the yeah, movie which i really liked I, where it was the most impressive i think was with the publisher because because yeah. the the oh yeah which he such should, a, he easily could have oh fallen my gosh yeah villain. absolutely yeah. absolutely which was a huge also a huge artistic license that greta gerwig took with this script i don't believe that that was necessarily as strongly or as thoroughly sort of sutured into the story of joe march becoming basically louis louis may uh may alcott uh, that she was instead, um, anyway. So yeah, the, that character was very written yeah, and, yeah. and we have, and, and it, the easiest choice would have been to make that character antagonistic and villainous, but he was anything but yeah, he was supportive and smart and savvy and, yeah. and wanted her to succeed. And he was wrong about some things and right about some things. And mm. it was, he was a collaborator. He mm. was a publisher. He was what you hope a publisher will be. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it was a similar quality as uh, that we've mentioned with late tonight. Yeah, in the past, this this uh, these male, male characters that are that are there to genuinely help, and mm-hmm. um, and there's in, in professional settings, there's more of them, uh, which is the thing that needs to be addressed. But that doesn't mean that they're bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, uh, it's quite nuanced. Absolutely, I would really love that. Um, the la- I would like to. I think we need to wrap up. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So um, what I would like to do uh, to wrap up is I would love to just quote Anthony Lane's review from The New Yorker. He's a movie critic for The New Yorker. And I and this is the second to last paragraph of his review, and I would just love to read it now. Um, it uh, He goes, Gerwig's coup is chronological. To and fro, she darts across the years, chopping the plot into flashbacks and flash forwards and keeping us on our toes. The darting is easier to follow on a second viewing. 
The results can be alarming, as weddings adjoin funerals and tantrums melt into fire-lit peace, but what the mixture yields is a kind of creed, a faith in the fullness of lives that might be deemed unexceptional. The movie's outward gaze is radical, no question, yet it refuses to scorn the comforts of ingrained habits and of home that are honored by the conservative imagination. Such equipoise is almost as rare in cinema as it is, God knows, in politics. And right now, though we can't foretell whether time will be cruel or kind to Gerwig's Little Women, it may just be the best film yet made by an American woman. Wow. That's beautifully written. Yeah. And very right. Yeah. It's great. Uh, As it turns out, I don't know if if you've had this experience, but um, it's been my experience that... uh, uh, people who write for the New Yorker are pretty good writers. <laughs> uh, is that is is that what that means? If they write for the New Yorker, then they have some experience, I guess. They're they're yeah they're usually they're usually pretty usually, good writers. Okay, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, 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 yeah good to know, yeah, good to know. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a note to take for later. Uh, yeah. uh, well, I think that that's a, a pretty good uh, pretty good note to end on. Um, so moving forward on Friday. Uh, you can join us. We're going to be talking about uh, the gentleman. <laughs> the gentleman. Uh, the new Guy Ritchie movie. Just that to go starved. back and forth. Yeah. Bad boys, boys and girls women. and the boys gentleman. and girls. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to think I of think what it's the possible next one is. that the week after that is going to be the rhythm section, yeah. which. <laughs> It should be bombshell. Yeah, it should be bombshell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, join us for that. It's going to be great. Um, and keep in touch. Yes. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Not keep in touch. Get in touch. Actually, there are some of you that are in touch. So do keep in touch. Uh, But email us. uh, Facebook us. There's the comment section on our website all over the place. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Uh, What did you think of Little Women? Yeah. If you hated it, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Don't bother. All the things we said. Forget it. You forget it. <laughs> Don't keep in touch or get in touch. Uh, but yeah, what do you think? Uh, and then also, if you feel the desire to uh, share this heartwarming episode of a heartwarming movie to a heartwarming friend, <laughs> please do so. <laughs> if you'd like to contribute to there being more warm hearts in the world, do uh, your part. Share Nerd Critic. Brought to you by Real Contenders. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then ma- thank you, Michael Bonnell, for the wonderful music. Yes. And please, everyone, remember to collect movies like a nerd and re-watch them like a critic. And cut.